Oh, hey there. This episode, I'm answering your questions about change management. Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Coach Molly, and welcome to my channel. If you're new here, thanks so much for checking out this video. I really hope you get some value out of it. I also hope that you subscribe, hit that bell icon, and take a chance on pushing yourself forward. Here at Three Pines Leadership, we strive for balance in all aspects of our lives. We know that each of us has a gift, a light to shine on the world, and maybe you haven't uncovered your gift, or maybe you're standing in the way of shining your light on the world, but regardless, if you want to change the world for the better, this is the place for you. Hey there friends, and welcome back. This week, we're focusing on what happens when organizations make big changes. Remember, you can always submit your questions about leadership, conflict resolution, or success in the comments section of our YouTube Q&A videos, on our Facebook page, or via 3pinesleadership.com. Let's get started. The first question is, what is change management? Perfect, let's start at the bottom. Conflict management is the process of limiting the negative aspects of conflict while increasing the positive aspects. The aim of conflict management is to enhance learning and group outcomes, including the effectiveness or performance in an organizational setting. Properly managed conflict can improve group outcomes. Businesses need to change to adapt to market conditions, to technological advances, or to their competition. Change is inevitable. Question two is from Catherine in Miami. How is change management different from change leadership? Change management is about planning the process and creating the roadmap for the change. That is the timeline, tasks, and resources necessary for the change to be successful. On the other hand, change leadership is much more about the artistry of change, working successfully with others during that change like knowing when to follow that roadmap and when to deviate, knowing how to best deal with the various responses to change, and looking for the most powerful levers for supporting ch the change process and sustaining that change. And question three is from Ben in New Mexico. Ben writes, is change management an art or a science? Is it a plug and play type of solution for organizations? Thanks for the question, Ben. And no, no. We should never have a plug-and-play solution when it comes to these types of organizational changes. We're talking about layoffs or downsizing or mixing up teams or learning new job skills or processes and generally changing the way people work together. The change manager will work with each organization to meet their unique needs. If we need to boil it down to its essential parts, we can see that there are generally three models to work from. First, we have the ADKAR model, and this stands for Awareness, Desire, Knowledge, Ability, and Reinforcement. Awareness is the ability to recognize the need for change, and it's the first step in the process. Next is having a desire to participate and support that change. This requires buy-in from the members of the organization. The third step is knowledge. It's knowing how to change and identify the what that change will look like in terms of skills and behaviors. Next is having the ability to implement the change on a daily basis. And finally, we have reinforcement. This is the ability to sustain that change over the long term. Another popular model is the 1950s model developed by Kurt Lewin. It's based on three simple stages. First, unfreeze, change, and finally, freeze. 
This model is really easy to understand with the metaphor of an ice cube. Let's say you had a cube of ice, but you needed a cone. You would melt the cube of ice in the unfreezing stage, shape the water into a cone using a mold in the change phase, and finally let the water refreeze back into its new shape in the final freeze phase. A third model is a bit more involved. Uh, John Coder introduced his eight steps to change in the mid-1990s after he analyzed about a hundred organizations going through change. Here are the eight steps in his model. First, create a sense of urgency by recognizing a big opportunity and spark excitement among employees. Next, build a guiding coalition by creating an internal team to manage the change. Your team will guide, coordinate, and communicate its activities across the whole organization. Next, you form strategic visions and initiatives. Your change should align with your business's strategic vision. If your company's vision is to sell the most bottle caps in North America, for example, make changes to enable that goal. Fourth, enlist a volunteer army by inspiring employees to support the change. Engage volunteers with activities and provide meaningful ways that they can contribute to your company's success. Number five in this model is to enable actions by removing barriers. Remove barriers like inefficient processes and hierarchies so your coalition and volunteers can work with the freedom to affect change. Number six is to generate short-term wins. Don't let your long-term change goal diminish the effects of daily, weekly, or monthly short-term wins. Set incremental goals and celebrate your organization's successes and accomplishments. Number seven is to sustain this acceleration. Balance change management with change leadership to adapt quickly and often. Manage by planning, budgeting, and organizing and lead by establishing direction, motivating, and aligning employees with their strengths. And finally, institute change. Communicate the connection between your employees' new, changed behaviors and your company's success. Transparency will show employees why change is valuable and it will keep them on track. That's it for me this episode, my friends. Don't forget to submit your questions for next week's Q&A, or for any future Q&A. Until next time, remember, I love you and be excellent to each other.